when we come to the final conference of this retreat entitled the Eucharistic Lord and Our Lady Answers for Our Times. And it's my hope that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your hearts, providing you the answers that provide peace, knowing that God is God and he has a plan, he's carrying it out. Yes, much of it is mysterious and we don't know it all because we're just finite little human creatures beloved by God. We don't know everything God knows because only God is God. He's omniscient, all knowing. He's God. And he's our father. So we began with the our father. And I urge you to pray these prayers that you learned from your childhood with love. Remembering who you're speaking to, what a privilege it is to speak to the Father. The whole Lord's Prayer is addressed to the Father. The seven petitions are all to the Father. Even if you just pause on our Father, but remember it begins with our, our Father. We're united. We're the body of Christ. And the body is not to be separated from the head, Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, the church fathers described Jesus as the head of the church, Mary as the neck. All graces come from the head to the body through the neck. And we're the body of Christ. But the soul of the church is the Holy Spirit. And that's one reason the church is holy, even though it's made up of sinners like myself. The church is holy because her head is holy, Jesus the soul is holy, the Holy Spirit. The sacraments that are entrusted to the church are holy. And the saints are shining examples of the holiness. Remember, the church is the church triumphant, the saints in heaven. There's the church suffering, the souls in purgatory. Please pray for them every single day. There's a prayer that was taught to our St. Gertrude by our Lord, a thousand souls from purgatory or the graces for the conversion of sinners would be granted. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious body, most precious blood of your divine son, Jesus, in atonement for our sins. And it goes on offering basically the Eucharist to our Lord, to our Father in the Holy Spirit, and it brings down graces. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the Mass is said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, those in my own home and within my family. Right there, a thousand souls from purgatory or graces for sinners, including in my own family and in the world just happened by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the masses offered throughout the world today. Be united with that, that great gift. And one of the things I want to go into is the power of the holy sacrifice of the mass, at least briefly, because 
I have come to understand that one of the things that is lacking in the world and one of the greatest needs of the world is for people to enter into the heavenly glory and majesty that is the divine liturgy, the holy sacrifice, the mass. There's only one mass that Jesus Christ instituted at the Last Supper where he instituted the Most Holy Eucharist, but he carried that mass right into his suffering and death on the cross. As we said, it was a 17-hour mass. On the, on the cross, he drank the fourth cup, which would be the completion of the new Passover. And then he committed his spirit into the hands of the Father. And those words, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, are very powerful. That's actually a whole spirituality. If everything in life that happens every single day, you just say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, you can become a saint. We're to live in a loving trust and a total surrender with cheerfulness to God. As a matter of fact, if you want to make the enemy flee when you're under attack, there's three simple prayers. And there's many other prayers, including calling the precious blood of Jesus over you, asking our Blessed Mother to cover you with her mantle. But the three prayers would be, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. A second prayer could be, Jesus, I trust in you but you can carry that over to Jesus, I trust in your sacred heart. Jesus, I trust in your pierced heart, pierced for love of me. Jesus, I trust in your five wounds. Jesus, I trust in your crown of thorns that you took for me. Jesus, I trust in your Eucharistic love for me. Jesus, I trust in you, but carry it into the, the mysteries of God's love, right? It's always good to look at the crucifix. I urge you to look at the crucifix five minutes a day and just meditate on that image, especially if you're getting attacked by the enemy through images that are not of God. Always look to the cross. The cross heals. There's a healing power in looking at the cross. So that's the second prayer. Jesus, I trust in you. And the third is just, Abba, Father, thy will be done. Abba, Father, thy will be done. Abba, Father, thy will be done. What Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Thy will be done. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is what holds the whole cosmos together and is what restores us to communion with God in, a, in the new and eternal covenant if we accept it. There's a power that goes forth from the mass. 
at every representation, the mass is the representation or the representation of the one mass of Jesus on the cross, right? Starting at the Last Supper, all the way to his giving up his spirit, all the way to his resurrection, all the way to his ascension. That's known as the Paschal Mystery. And from the most holy Eucharist, there's a, a force that goes out throughout the whole universe gathering people to God. Wow. But unfortunately, from my observations, for many, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and you notice I'm saying the holy sacrifice of the Mass, try to even use those words that will educate people, right? Not just the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass. Remember, it's a sacrifice, a banquet, a Paschal banquet, the, the meal. You must eat this lamb that was sacrificed and have you can have communion with him, communion of life, mind, heart, with his body, blood, soul, and divinity, really, truly, and substantially present, but also his presence. His presence is so important. The risen Lord's presence is, is in the most holy Eucharist. But for many people, the Mass has just become a tedious ritual, going through motions. And I'm not here to make any commentary or criticism. I'm here to talk about the answers for our times, right? So you're going to be carriers of those answers to others. And if all of you carry these answers that you've, you've, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit with this retreat, carry it to one other person, you've multiplied it a hundredfold. You're one person, you take it to one person, that's a hundredfold return it, okay? A hundredfold return. And then urge them to share what they've received freely with others, share it freely. The Mass should be a transformative reality. It should transform us. The Holy Spirit comes down on the altar of God. Just like it came, the Holy Spirit came in fire in the offering that Elijah made in the Old Testament and consumes and transforms the offering, but consumes and transforms us if we're disposed well. That's why we should try to get to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass five to ten minutes early and get recollected. Be prepared for what's going to be received. And a transformation can take place in our lives. We really enter into the heavenly glory and majesty to encounter Jesus Christ. It's going to be a living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ that changes people changes hearts, changes the world. A living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is not just an idea. Jesus is not just some historical figure. Jesus is not just someone written about in a book. Jesus is not just an ethical system. Yes, there's aspects of all of that, but Jesus is God, eternal. And we need to encounter him. And, and when you encounter his loving gaze, where you spend time in his presence, just heart to heart, as with your best friend, you get transformed. I noticed in a, many of you who came forth yesterday at the healing service 
to be healed by our Eucharistic Lord, I could just sense the the longing you had to be right there face to face, heart to heart with Jesus. After our churches have been closed for a while, finally you could come forward and be right there close to our Lord. And how much closer we are when we're able to receive him if we're in a state of grace. Amazing. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass now is entering into the heavenly liturgy, full of awe and majesty. All of heaven, so dignified, so majestic, true worship offered to the true God, the Most Holy Trinity. And so, as I have mentioned earlier, sometimes, though, people are approaching the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass as just a tedious ritual. When Jesus processes in, in the priest, that's why we stand. Have you ever wondered why we stand? Is it just so that we can sing better? (laughs) We stand because Jesus the priest is entering, right? Jesus the king is entering. Jesus, the sacrifice, is entering. Jesus, the Son of God, is entering. And we begin with the sign of our faith as we began this conference in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's so much right there. We're told in Scripture we should do everything in the name of Jesus and and to the glory of God, right? But we do it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we're making the sign of the cross by which we were saved. And we can even remember that in a way, our action, the love of God, the Father, comes to us right in our bosom in the love of Jesus, the Son, And the Father and the Son send us the Holy Spirit to love all the way from Adam to the last person who lives when Jesus returns, right? That's powerful, just the sign of the cross. And hopefully we have holy water. And that also reminds us of our our baptism, but it also forgives venial sins. That's true. And... I urge you all to get holy water with blessed salt for your homes. I know right now uh, there's been limitations on holy water because of the pandemic, which actually is another terrifying reality of this pandemic because the devil hates holy water. So right now we have churches closed and we have no holy water. And I mean, you know, we're, but, but God, God is God, yet you can get holy water for your homes and, and, and bless salt, right? And, and the sacramentals and, and, and remember that. But to the mass, then, then the Lord Jesus Christ and the priest will say, the Lord be with you. As I said, that should change your life. The Lord be with you. When we pray the Ave Maria, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. 
Every time God's going to do something powerful in, in scriptural history, when he's going to have a direct intervention, the Lord is with you. The Lord be with you. Let us not just respond and with your spirit and then just move on to the next thing. Take that in. Receive the gift. The Lord be with you. Receive the gift. Or you may hear the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Wow, the Trinity. And there's a summary of the goal of our spiritual life, honestly, being responsive fully to grace like the Blessed Virgin Mary, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, growing in the charity of God the Father, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit that brings you grace and charity. And at the end of your life, when you stand before God, it's all going to be about how did you utilize all the graces that were given to you? How did you grow in charity? Charity unites. We talked about that. But the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So powerful. Take that in. And then we have the penitential rite, where we ask for forgiveness of our sins. And when we say, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. The word mercy is, is so important. The meaning in Latin, misericordia, cordia, comes from two main words. One is misery. We know what misery means. But core means heart. See, mercy is when you see the misery of someone else. You're attentive to your brothers and sisters. And then your heart is moved with compassion to suffer with them, to have a solidarity with them. And then third, you act to help them out of their misery or journey with them. But in even a deeper way, when we say Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, from the Greek, that's Greek, it really means, may I see the way you see? May I think the way you think? May I feel the way you feel? Because it all comes from actually the Hebrew, which would be the words hesed or rahamim, but the rahamim is basically a, a mother's love, a tender, merciful love that God has for his people and we should have for each other. So when we're asking for forgiveness, we're also asking, may I have a union with you, Jesus, so I may have your heart and your mind and your affections and, and, and your feelings and your attitudes and put them into practice in relationship to others. You understand? All that's happening early in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Then we sing the Gloria. I, I, I just marvel at the, the, the parts we praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Those five things will change your life. If ever you're feeling down, just say, I praise you, I bless you, I adore you, I glorify you, I give you thanks for your great glory. I think we've lost the sense of awe and wonder and blessing and gratitude. This is where we should live, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord. 
And many of us are feeling overwhelmed, right? You're feeling overwhelmed. What's going on? We're looking at the visible too much. But we need to be lifted up in praise and glory. Be a people of blessing and gratitude, full of awe and wonder, rejoicing in the Lord. All that's taking place. And then we have the opening prayer where we're petitioning God the Father. Actually, Jesus the priest is petitioning God the Father on our behalf. He's our high priest, but he's also in us if we're in a state of grace. The head can't be separated from the body, and he's praying in the Holy Spirit to the Father for us. All that's taking place in the Holy Sacrifice Mass. Then we go into the, the proclamation of the word of God. You see right here on this ambo, the word. This is the word of God. I, I, I've had the opportunity in my journeys as a missionary priest to meet some extremely holy people. And every time I meet an extremely holy person, I ask them to share with me the most transformative the thing that happened in their life, what, what could they share with me to help me? And I remember meeting a, a very holy priest and he thought about this. He was a Dominican, very Thomistic. And he said, what the world needs to know is that the sacred scriptures, what we many call the Bible, is the word of God. That's God speaking to us. That will change your life. In your homes, I hope, you know, as soon as somebody walks in your door, I hope you have a a, a kind of a stand with the the Holy Scriptures open, you know, just to show where where your home is is centered, is centered in Christ, and have a crucifix, you know, and a statue of our Blessed Mother and other holy items. And get your houses blessed. These things are, are so necessary. But the word of God, this is God speaking to us. And so we listen, like Our Lady, listen, ponder, treasure to the word of God. When we pray the Angelus, for example, I could give a whole conference on, on, on this. I've done it in the past. There's these passages that we say three times a day. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. What was she doing when the angel appeared to her? She was praying, she was in silence and prayer. Silence is so important and prayer is so important. There's a famous quote by Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, changed my life. The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. You don't get to just jump to peace without having silence, interior recollection like Our Lady, to hear the word of God. No wonder the many people in the world are are just confused. They they sense a lot of chaos uh, because they're caught up into so much noise. And and noise doesn't even have to be through verbal speaking. If if you're on what's called a smartphone, but it's not making you so smart if it's just filling you with noise. 
Honestly, the, the smartest thing you can do is to center your life on the plan of God because he's the one who created you. He's the one who's holding you in existence right now, loving you. And the plan is that you'll be with him for all eternity. So in philosophy, they call it a teleological principle, which means just, just even using just pure reason, you should order your life to your end, to your goal of your life. That's what you should do. And if what you're watching or listening to doesn't help you get to that end, then do without it. St. Ignatius has that wonderful prayer, you know, co commending all of his faculties to God because God gave them to him. And then, you know, he goes on to talk about neither, you know, sickness nor health or, or you know, riches or, or, or poverty or, or anything, you know, only the things that are going to help me get to God. That's the wisest thing you can do. So the mass, we're listening to the word of God proclaimed. And we're supposed to be listening with our heart. And, and I urge all of you to actually go over the readings of the Holy Sacrifice, the mass, before you even enter. So now it will become a part of you. And then the responsorial psalm, that, that line of the responsorial psalm is how we should be responding to the first reading. That's the best way to respond. And you want to ask yourself, why is the church, why is the Holy Spirit in the church directing me to respond this way to that reading? You don't just say, well, I like this part of the reading. I like that part of the reading. That can help. But why should I be responding this way to the reading? What's the context, especially from the invitatory of the mass to the opening prayer? Now I have the first reading. Now I have a response. Then I have a a gospel acclamation on the weekdays, on the week, on the Sundays and, 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 and um, solemnities. We have a second reading that deepens the message, but then we go to the gospel acclamation that prepares us for the gospel. And then in the gospel, we encountered Jesus. And that's, as I said yesterday, part of the prayer of Lexio Divina. All of that is is divine reading, Lexio Divina, divine reading, the reading, the word of God, as I hope all of you do every morning. I, it changed my life. I shared this in a retreat here years ago, getting up early. I, I know at first it's a sacrifice, but it's good. It's a good fasting to sacrifice a little sleep and get up earlier and do morning meditation. Going straight into the word of God, maybe the liturgy of the day, with Lexio Divina, or some people use In Conversation with God. That's a, a pretty good guide. Or I use Divine Intimacy as a Carmelite uh, spirituality or, 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 or different, you know, standard, what I would call standard treatises in the church. You know, there's certain standard things like imitation of Christ and the soul of the apostolate uh, that uh, many, many, many saints have used to help them grow closer to God. So you do your morning meditation, but you should leave it with a, with a resolution. I'm going to, you know, once you come into a deeper prayer and a praise of God, you say, I want to be like you, God, you're lovable. And, and love is calling me to be united with you. And so today I want to be fruitful. Okay. The, the, the gospel for the universal church today 
is about the tenants that, that God gave this beautiful vineyard to, but they tried to take the fruits to themselves, but God wants fruitfulness and the Holy Spirit's the one who gives you fruitfulness. So after your meditation on that gospel, maybe your, your one word might just be fruitfulness. And you know what that means because you know what you know because you know what you know. And you have to have that word that's going to carry you through the day. So everything that comes to you, you're seeing the Holy Spirit working to bring you to that fruitfulness. And you know the fruits of the Holy Spirit, beautiful fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, modesty, chastity, generosity, actually even other fruits. Everybody wants those in their life, but the only way to get there is with, with the Holy Spirit. But it starts with silence and then prayer. And then you get to faith. We talked about faith yesterday. But you have to have silence and prayer. So the enemy is trying to fill the world with all kinds of noise and to paralyze us with fear. And we need to learn from Our Lady how to preserve the garden of our heart where the Father's will is realized because Jesus is in that garden and the Holy Spirit is the gardener. And you need to preserve the silence and the, and, and the environment. You know, you hear a lot about taking care of the environment. What about the environment of your soul? That's the number one environment you need to take care of. You know, we have to be good stewards of everything God has given us, but he wants fruitfulness. So your soul is, is the first and most important thing God has entrusted to you. And then working for the souls of others. We also hear a lot about immigration these days. Well, the most important immigration is the immigration to heaven. We need to get everybody to heaven, right? <laughs> that's, that's the most important thing, you know, and, 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 and we hear a lot about, you know, the health of our bodies, but what about the health of our souls? That's the most important thing. It all, it all goes together. Everything's good. Everything God created is good. Remember, this conference is about answers for our times, the Eucharistic Lord and Our Lady. And so focus on the answers, focus on the answers. And the answer is in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So you hear the word of God, then hopefully in the homily, you're now entering into the meditation. You're, 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 you're trying to find the treasure that was in the gospel message and the readings. And then we go into the, what we call prayer. It's all prayer, but the oratio, the deeper prayer, it's invoking, it's asking God, God, I want to be like you. God, help us. God, help me be like you. God, God, help all our souls. God, help the, the, the Holy Father and the leaders of the church and governments and help those in need and help our communities. And those are the intercessions that we would say after professing our faith with the Nicene Constantinople Creed or the, or the Apostles' Creed. But then the whole Eucharistic prayer is a prayer. And then that brings us to the place of contemplation where now your soul's really disposed and you're going to receive a gift that, that, that God comes to you. God called you. He drew you. Nobody can come to him unless he draws you. 
he drew you, but now he's going to give himself to you. And that's just where you receive him in the most holy Eucharist. If you're in a state of grace, again, you must be in a state of grace. If you're conscious of a mortal sin, go to the sacrament of penance, confess your sins by type and number, get restored to a state of grace. And so you can receive the Lord. Don't just say, well, I'm going to say an act of contrition and go to confession later. Just make a spiritual communion, humble yourself, be in a state of grace to receive the Lord. Dispose yourself well. And then you just have the Lord and in, in you. You're in communion with the Lord. And then you have his heart and you have his mind and you have his affections and you have his strength and you have his memory and you have his, his will. The soul of Christ. Remember, the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Many people understand the body and blood. We are the body of Christ. We're united with the body of Christ. He makes us one in his body. It brings about unity. The blood is the blood of the new and eternal covenant. A covenant. A covenant is not just a contract. A covenant is an exchange of persons. Covenant love. That's what marriage is supposed supposed to be covenant love not contract you don't break it it's a covenant love the new and eternal covenant in his blood but then his soul the soul is the animating principle of an organic body okay that's philosophical the bottom line is the soul is giving the life to the body and so in the eucharist the eucharist is alive it's not just the body and blood. It's not just a dead body with some blood. There's the soul of Christ, so it's alive. He's alive. And he, he's God, so there's the divinity and the communion with the Trinity. You actually, because you receive Jesus where he is, there's a technical term, con concomitantly, because where Jesus is, concomitantly, there is the Father and the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. You receive fire to go proclaim the word of God by the way you live. Humble and meek, patient and kind, fruitful. Wow. That's contemplation. You see, one, one way to remember contemplation or contemplative prayer, a simple Lexio Divina, can be from the passage that you all know, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. Okay, are you ready? I'm gonna give it to you quickly. So your preparation for prayer and especially the mass, which is the highest form of prayer, is ask for the presence of God and you will receive. Ask and you shall receive. Be disposed well. Seek and you will find. When you read the Holy Scriptures or you're listening to the Holy Scriptures, you're seeking for that treasure that the Father wants to speak to you, to your heart in his word that's going to transform you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Seek the treasure the pearl of great price, Jesus Christ, for you. Seek, 
That's where you do the reading, the, the, the divine reading. You're seeking. But seeking you shall find. Once you find it, like you're, you're, you're praying a passage of the Gospels, and you find it, and it hits you. For example, the Lord says, Peace I leave you, peace I give you. Just stop right there. You're not just reading a book. And stop, especially every time you have his presence. And we know that God's present all the time, but sometimes you're more aware of his presence than others. So when you're, for example, you're reading the sacred scripture and all of a sudden something hits you and you, you, you really know his presence, stop and just be in his presence and let that become a part of you, that, that treasure become a part of you. Don't just keep reading because that would be like, let's say your best friend came in to visit you from a far away place. And he is right there in front of you, but you're reading a book about him or a letter that he wrote. And you see him and you go, uh, I'll be with you in a little while. I'm reading about you. <laughs> We're funny little creatures. If he's right there, and we know, see, the thing is, we know he's always right here in the Eucharist, and he's, he's God, he, he's in us if, if we're in a state of grace, the indwelling Trinity. But when you, when you sense him, stop, experience the presence, have the living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ, see him face to face, relate to him heart to heart. That was what's going to change your life, bring about conversion and communion and solidarity. But then all of a sudden, if, if you feel like, you know, you, you, you've had his presence for some moments, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you kind of, in a sense, lost his presence in our little limited humanity, go back to the, the word. So ask and you shall receive his presence. Seek is the lexio, the reading. You're seeking the treasure. You will find, seek and you will find. When you find, that's the meditation. What does this mean? How can I live it? What's being asked of me? Those kind of things. You're meditating. Seeking you will find. You find the treasure and you're, you're listening, pondering, tre treasuring. Seeking you will find. Knock. That's what's called invocation. Now you're at the oratio. That's where you're knocking and you're saying, Lord, I want to be like you. I found this treasure. I found that you've offered me peace. You are peace. Peace is you. You're the king of peace. And I want that peace. And I want the whole world to have that peace. And you, all of a sudden, you start, getting, you start praying that way. And, and the Holy Spirit's taking over. And you're just asking for this. I want to be peace. Today, we celebrate the Feast of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And you know the whole prayer, you, you know, and you might want to go through that prayer. But in the end, now you're praying. But then 
you come to, after knocking, it's opened to you. That's contemplation. What you've asked for is open to you. He opens and he comes to you and he takes over and you just rest in him. But then you're praising interiorly and I praise you, I bless you, I adore you, I glorify you, I give you thanks for your great glory. I want to be like you and then the Holy Spirit will give you a resolution. Whatever he gave in prayer, that's your resolution for the day. And you try to live it throughout the day. And at the end of the day, at your examination of conscience, you examine, how did I do with my resolution? You might realize I forgot my resolution. But there's other times you're saying, wow, thank you, Lord. You really helped me live that resolution. But if 365 days a year, you really live a resolution given to you by the Holy Spirit to be more like Christ. Just think about that. 365 times a year, you're going to be more like Christ. 10 years, 3,650 times more like Christ, take it out further and further. The whole goal is to imitate Christ, right? And Mary's going to help you. But remember at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we should be transformed. So we encounter the Lord. The Lord comes to minister to us, to forgive us, to heal us, to teach us, to free us, to commission us. He wants us to become a new creation and to be truly free. Remember, we stand at the presence of the Lord. We let his word, we stand at the gospel, his word being spoken to us, but then we kneel at the sacrifice. Catholic worship, true worship is actually sacrificial. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. And then it should be like the encounter with Jesus at the road to Emmaus. You all know the road to Emmaus, right? Their eyes were opened at the breaking of the bread. And they were saying, well, our hearts were burning within us as he was speaking to us in the word. But at the breaking of the bread, at the Eucharist, ah, my eyes are open. Now I understand. That's the holy sacrifice of the mass. If we can enter into that mystery, it's going to transform us. And then we can help other people be transformed. But if everybody just keeps going through a ritual, just a tedious ritual, it's not transforming their life. There's still blessings coming. There's still graces coming. But we need to let the mass become, the holy sacrifice of the mass, become a transformative reality. We know by the surveys, even amongst Catholics, about the numbers who really believe that the Eucharistic Lord really is the Lord, those numbers are decreasing at an alarming rate. And why is that? Well, again, it's back to that crisis of faith. But it's also, we're not really entering into the transformative mystery of God's love. And so hopefully this retreat has helped you. I urge you all to get consecrated to Jesus through Mary. And learn how to live that consecration. Mary will do so much for you in helping you enter into these transformative realities. You just ask her to be your spiritual mother and she'll help you. And so the answer for our times, 
stay in the Catholic church, stay in the boat. Don't fall out of the boat to the left or the right. There's a bunch of sharks in the water. Stay in the boat. Yes, there's turbulent times. But I do want to share with you to conclude this quote I promised from St. Catherine of Siena. Okay. And there's this wonderful communication between God the Father and St. Catherine of Siena in the dialogues. Okay. And I've identified many of the things we're facing in the world today. And you can even look at what Cardinal Diaz wrote in 2008 at a presentation to Anglicans as he was the prefect for the Congregation of Evangelization, 2008, Cardinal Diaz. He just lines out what we're facing right now. But here's what the Lord, the Father said to to St. Catherine of Siena. The more the mystical body of the Holy Church is filled with troubles now, the more it will abound in delight and consolation. And this shall be its delight the reform of good holy shepherds who are flowers of glory, who praise and glorify my name, offering me the fragrance of virtue rooted in truth. So be glad, said our Lord. You and your spiritual father in your bitterness, for I eternal truth promised to refresh you. And after your bitterness, I will give you consolation. That's where we are. But the good news is, if we stay in the church and go and focus on our Eucharistic Lord and Our Lady, everything's going to be okay. Yes, there's storms, but remember, Jesus walked on the water and said, take heart, I am, be not afraid. In fact, if you study scripture, at least 365 times it says in scripture, be not afraid. Yes, life is stormy, difficult, turbulent, but remember, you're built on the rock, Jesus Christ. Keep your focus on the great I am. God, the most holy trinity. Our lady will help you do this. May you become the saints you're created to be because saints are the ones that God uses to transform the world. It begins with you. It begins with me. Let's keep each other in prayer. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of the immaculate heart of Mary. May you live in the Eucharistic love of our Lord, and may Almighty God bless you and your families in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.